Good morning. This is the December 2nd episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show, where we're on a mission to teach, learn, and remember the history of professional wrestling with everyone that wants to join us. My name is John, and on today's episode, we're talking about what TNA gimmick match debuted on this day in 2007. As discussed last month on the anniversary of the Buried Alive match, professional wrestling is always looking for a new way to retell a story as old as time. So new gimmick matches pop up every now and then to spice things up. In 2005, a genius of the wrestling business and future wizard named Chris Jericho conceived of the match we would come to know as the Money in the Bank ladder match. Multiple superstars would battle to retrieve a case containing a contract that guaranteed a world championship match. While not every performer was overly excited about the idea of a six or eight person car crash ladder match, the idea was so exciting to the fans that the match made its debut at WrestleMania, it was a rousing success, became a yearly mania tradition before spawning its own pay-per-view event. In the wrestling business, where there's a successful idea, there's a plan elsewhere to copy that idea with just enough nuanced difference not to get sued for trademark or intellectual property infringement. Cage matches existed for a long time, and then one day WCW decided to put a cage around two rings. WWF put a roof on their cage, so WCW put a cage on top of a cage on top of another cage. As Ryan laid out for you in October, the WWE would occasionally swing and miss with new ideas, like in the case of the Punjabi prison match. Not that that would stop them from repeating the match a second and third time. TNA wrestling would sometimes whiff in their attempts to borrow an idea and change it to make it their own. The reverse battle royal comes to mind. What's entertaining about guys fighting to get into a ring? You're having a casket match? We'll have a deathbed match. It'll still involve a casket, but we'll lower ours from the raffers right into the middle of the ring. Everyone loves a cage match? What if we electrify the cage? Hey, WCW already tried that. It didn't work. Leave it alone. No, 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 you're not getting it. We'll flicker the lights every time someone makes contact with the cage so the audience will think they're getting electrocuted, bro. And so on. One of TNA Wrestling's better attempts to steal it and tweak it debuted at the Turning Point pay-per-view in 2007. It was called Feast or Fired. It took the Money in the Bank concept a step further by involving four briefcases. Though he wasn't the head of creative just yet, Vince Russo was in the writer's room, so ladders weren't necessary. Eh, we'll just put them some bitches on some poles. Russo loved a pole match. The added bit of genius was that one person in the match would wind up fighting tooth and nail for a briefcase that would lead to their own dismissal. While one case would contain a contract for a world championship match, just like Money in the Bank, a second case would earn an X Division title shot, a third, the tag team titles, with a partner of the holder's choosing, but that fourth case would contain a pink slip, meaning the holder of that case was out of a job. This first feast or fired featured all of Triple X, Senshi, Elix Skipper, and Christopher Daniels, both the New Age Outlaws, now known as BG and Kip James, Homicide and Hernandez of LAX, the Christy Hemi-led team of Lance Hoyt and Jimmy Rave, as well as Scott Steiner, Wildcat Chris Harris, Sanjay Dutt, Sharkboy, and Petey Williams. A nice round number of 14 participants. Never stop being you, TNA. Petey Williams is the first to pull down a case and maintain possession to the floor. He's got number four. Mr. Ass, Kip James, pulls down case number one, but finds himself surrounded in the ring with no clear exit. 
he's got to get to the floor to make the case his own. So just at that moment, Road Dog B.G. James miraculously recovers from a quote-unquote knee injury that had him resting at the base of the entrance ramp. Kip sails the case over the participants in the ring and makes a connection with B.G. on the floor, a la Montana to Rice. Senshi pulls down case number three and tumbles directly to the floor to lock in his ownership of said case. Case number two is the last to be retrieved. It's pulled down by Christopher Daniels, but when he descends the buckles and lands in the ring, he runs into interference from Hernandez. The fallen angel fights off Hernandez but drops the case. When he bends down for it, he's hit with a famouser from Kip James. Big Papa Pump grabs Kip and delivers a belly-to-belly overhead throw, then collects the case and slides out. Steiner officially claims the case and ends the match when his feet hit the floor. The match was over, but not the intrigue. Each case was secured with crisscross steel change and a large padlock. They would not be revealed until 11 days later on the December 13th episode of Impact. In the interim, however, they had some fun with the cases and their winners. Even more prevalent than the three title opportunities had become the thought that someone was carrying around their own walking papers. Daniels would wrestle and defeat Triple X stablemate Senshi, with Elix Skipper as the referee, to take his briefcase on the December 6th episode of Impact. Daniels then entered a four-way match with the other three case holders, Steiner, Petey Williams, and BG James, where the winner would have the right to either switch with another briefcase or accept a $50,000 buyout. Scott Steiner won the match with a belly-to-belly suplex on Petey Williams. Jeremy Borash then showed Big Papa Pump a check for $50,000. The genetic freak did some Steiner math in his head and decided that he wanted that world title shot. So he hopped out of the ring and walked to the table where the cases were, and with no further information, opted to grab case number four, formerly belonging to Petey Williams. Finally, we get to the big reveal. Up first is Petey Williams and the opening of case number two, now his by default, because Steiner had taken his case number four. Because why would you go in order? A spokesmodel opens the case previously belonging to Steiner and reveals a TNA heavyweight title shot for Petey. Big Papa Pump is furious. Always capable of botching a good idea, TNA makes us wait almost another hour for BG James to step forward and learn his fate. Case number one is open to reveal a tag title opportunity. Another 25 minutes pass before we get to the final two cases. Scott Steiner and Christopher Daniels join Jeremy Borash in the ring to find out who's getting that X Division title shot and who's getting escorted out of the building. The models open the cases simultaneously and we find out that the fallen angel has lost his job. It was a fun spin on an already established successful concept, and it began at the Turning Point event on this day in wrestling history, December 2nd, 2007. Well, that's our show for today. If you'd like to continue the conversation about TNA or Impact or Feast or Fired, I encourage you to join the Daily Wrestling News Show Facebook group. You can go to facebook.com groups slash wrestling news show or just search for Daily Wrestling News Show. Either way, Click join and we'll let you in to talk about TNA, gimmick matches, or any historical wrestling topic. And if we don't see you there, we'll see you right back here for another episode of the Daily Wrestling News Show.